My daughter jumped out of bed early yesterday morning because, man, she wanted to do the old Boxing Day show. That was her thing. She was going to wake up early, and she was going to get to as many malls, as many stores as possible. Haven't even had the chance to ask her how it went, but maybe to ask the broader question, we bring on Bruce Winder, retail analyst, who uh, would probably have his finger on the pulse of said Boxing Day. Bruce, good afternoon. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. It's my pleasure. How did Boxing Day go? I mean, I don't know what the early returns would be, but was there hustle and bustle? What, what, what are you hearing? Yeah, I'm hearing some mixed uh, results on on Boxing Day. And it's we have to remember, it's sort of Boxing Week now, right? Boxing Week and yes. a half. Because Boxing Week, the sales really started, you know, before December 25th. But what I heard about, you know, yesterday is that it was it was pretty good. You know, it wasn't too bad. It's going to vary a lot by region, you know, with around the country, because whoever got hit the most with the snow, some people may have stayed home, but in some areas where the snow wasn't as bad, it was pretty brisk in terms of retail traffic. I always think to myself, boxing days where the first person that, you know, sleeps overnight gets the 80-inch TV for 100 bucks or whatever exactly. it is. But what are some of the other things that maybe over the course of this week, people might be able to uh, get that diamond in the rough? Is there anything we should be looking for? Well, what, there's a bit of a trend this holiday where people are buying a little, a little more of the essential items, so a little less on the discretionary side. But Boxing Day, Boxing Week has always been about, you know, a couple of things. One is people get gift cards or money under the tree on the 25th, and or people say, hey, I'm going to go treat myself from all this holiday stress and go buy something for myself. Those are usually the two big areas, right, with that Boxing Week usually uh, sells to. Do you feel like, I, I know I do a lot of my pre-Christmas shopping online because I'd much rather have it delivered to my house than have to battle the masses, but do you find that Boxing Day and Boxing Week is still that one tried, tested, and true week where, you know what, damn it, I'm going to go into the malls, I'm going to battle the crowds because I want to physically see it, touch it, taste it, I want to get it done? Yeah, you know what, sometimes it really is, especially like yesterday, right, the actual Boxing Day but more and more of it is moving online. Now, you look at Black Friday, Cyber Monday obviously was online, but even Black Friday now and Boxing Day, you know, it's a lot of people just use online because it's just so much easier. But having said that, you're right. For certain items, maybe certain stores, certain age groups, they want to get out there. They want to get in the mall, touch and feel product, part of the atmosphere. Do you find that um, we're in the midst of a major shift when it comes to our shopping? I mean, I know, trust me, online shopping is nothing new, but with COVID and the pandemic and people getting used to truly being at home for long stretches, do you find that we've actually turned the corner? I mean, is there a number out there that you could say, um, like, for example, 70% of the people now stay home? Is there something analytically that we could look at and say, wow, that's a shift? Well, the biggest shift I could say is that we probably went from about 5% to 7% of online shopping, you know, and it doubled for a while, but then it probably has settled down post-pandemic to about, you know, call it 10%. So it's still a pretty big shift. It's not as big as brick and mortar, but it's still a meaningful shift. Now, what's happened since we've sort of loosened things up with the pandemic, consumers have sort of had a bit of a renaissance with brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of flattened out a bit, but it's going to get back on the steady growth train, I think, as we uh, go through the next few years. I noticed that there's a couple of stores right now in my neighborhood, and I'm not going to you know, call them out by saying this, but it seems like all year long they have the going out of business sale. And then the next year there's a going out of business sale. And they've been going out of business for like three, four years. Is that, oh a, is that a troubled marketing campaign? What do you make of that? That's a very troubled marketing campaign because <laughs> consumers are wise to that, yes. right? And that's almost, you know, it's a joke, right? But 
you know what, there's just, you can't do that. Consumers are too smart. But sadly, there are a number of businesses who truly will go out of business uh, after this fall because it was a bit of a tough fall for folks. And, you know, there's no government supports now. And the consumer's facing a number of headwinds, everything from inflation to interest rates rising. So, you know what, it's going to be a little tough on some of those retailers who are struggling. You talk about the retailers and you bring up a really good point, Bruce, that there was that government support. And I think a lot of that was just to keep people's heads above water. But now that that water's run dry, there's a lot of, you know, businesses in a multiple, a multitude of sectors that were playing catch up pretty much since that help from the government. And some of them aren't going to make it to shore, are they? They're not because the world's changed a lot since, you know, 2019 and maybe what worked for them before barely doesn't work now. And they also have a lot more debt. So not all of it, you know, was grant. Most of it was was loans. Right. So they have to pay all that back at high, high interest rates. Now the consumers change. The consumers frugal. It's hard to get people, you know, input costs have went up. So there's just not a lot of margin there for a lot of folks to survive anymore. Yeah, I, you know, I owned a restaurant back in 2016, and when we were all said and done and we, you know, licked our wounds and all that, I looked back and said, man, I don't know if I would do that again, because you don't realize until maybe you've got your feet in the sand, but there's not a lot of support out there. I mean, there's a lot of information, but people that are willing to physically roll up their sleeves and help you, I mean, I, I find that to be tough even back then. I can't even imagine what it would be like on this side of the pandemic. Yeah, and, and that sector, as you know more than anyone, the restaurant sector is one of the toughest sectors to make a goal of it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. There's a lot of TV commercials that romanticize as having your own business, and it looks easy. Boy, is it ever hard, you know? And uh, sadly, we're going to see some of that happen over the next little while. Ah. Well, I appreciate the insight on Boxing Day, and thank you for letting me know. i still got a couple of days. I might be able to find the odd trinket. But thank you for this, and happy holidays, Bruce. Yeah, you too. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show.